Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Hello, Doc Griggs. We are back for at least what is one of my favorite segments on the show, and that is reviewing the public health studies for the past week. That's always fun. All right, let's get started. I just wanted to say first that there was a great story in the New York Times. If you're interested, it's called The Pandemic from the Virus's Point of View. It really looks at things from a viral perspective. And when I teach my HIV courses and hepatitis C courses, I always talk about things from the perspective of the virus, and that one is really good. And if I can make a second recommendation, Doc Griggs, right here, our own very... Our our very own Dr. Riggs wrote a great op-ed in the uh, local paper here. It's called The Advocate. Please look for it. And it's called Do Not Let Vaccination Slip or Worse Shape Medically as a Society. Doc Riggs, in one minute, what could you tell us about that? It's just the fact that everyone's getting lax with everything that's going on with the vaccines. We have a lot of things going on, especially down here in uh, South Louisiana with hurricanes and and vaccines and COVID, oh my, a lot of people are afraid to step back and thinking that if they do, it might be okay. But now more than ever, it's more impo- it's the most important that you get your vaccine, your flu shot, your pneumonia shot, your regular vaccines for kids and students. It's most important. The more you do, the less COVID can do. That's right. So let's get started really quickly. We have three big topics we're going to talk about. The first one is going to be a viral load. So what's a viral load? A viral load is the amount of virus that's inside of you. And what we've seen in cases for people living with HIV, and we've seen it certainly with Ebola, was that the higher a inoculation of a viral load there is, the more damage over the long run, and particularly the the greater the likelihood of mortality. In fact, somebody could die with, uh, or the more severe the disease. And so there were a couple studies here that we're going to quickly review. One essentially looked at individuals that were admitted in a hospital in China, and then what they essentially found was the higher the viral load, the more severe the disease. So it makes makes sense, right? It makes sense. The more soldiers there are to attack you, the more damage that they do, and the higher the likelihood that you could die or be mortally wounded. That's exactly right. So a second study was done, except this was done here in in a U.S. hospital, and it essentially found the same thing, that there was a greater likelihood for severity of disease, but they also looked at mortality. And what they found was in this study was that the viral load predicted mortality, much like what we've seen in cases like Ebola or in in HIV, the higher viral load, there was a a greater likelihood of mortality sooner. Yeah. The more lethal soldiers you have attacking you, the higher the likelihood that you might not survive. 
And the last study really was a very elegant study. It was, it was released last week. It was in a journal called Cancer Cell, and it essentially was looking at those people that have cancer. So now what happens when you take people with cancer, and people with cancer, as we know, are immunodeficient. In other words, their immune system already suffers as a result of having a state of cancer. And what they found was that people with the highest viral loads were those people with cancer, and they had the highest mortality. But when they looked at the general population, the highest viral loads also had the highest mortality. When they looked at people who had medium viral loads, they had second highest mortality. And when they looked at people with the lowest viral loads, they had the lowest mortality. In other words, they were more likely to survive. So it seems very much that viral load of COVID, so the amount of virus that you have in you, will predict not only how severe the disease is, but what the likelihood is for mortality. Yeah, especially when you're talking about diseases or pathologies like cancer. If you already have your army fighting a war, if a large army comes for a battle that's extremely lethal while you're distracted or already tired from fighting the war, higher the likelihood that you could die. That's right. So let's move into our next topic, which is viral transmission, something that we love to talk about a lot. (laughs) And essentially, we love talking about how a virus transmits from one individual to the other, because as public health practitioners, that's important for the work that we do. The virus doesn't spread the virus. People spread the virus. So we talked way, way back when in the early, early episodes of Noise Filter about a news correspondent. It seems so long ago. (laughs) It was a news correspondent from New York City who came to New Orleans Mm -hmm. in a crowded flight Mm -hmm. prior to the onset of mask wearing Mm -hmm. and uh, or mask requirements in flights. And he ended up getting COVID-19 when he returned back to New York City. Mm-hmm. Again, he was a news correspondent. He was an infectious diseases epidemiologist. So he really was aware. And he really believed that the transmission occurred via ocular through his eyes. Right. And so this study here really actually lends some support. And what this study did, it, it wasn't the highest quality of studies, but it was a very, very good study. It was in JAMA. Journal of Medical Association, and essentially what it showed was there was a hospital in China, and essentially what they did was, and it was a hospital that had a lot of COVID, they looked at those individuals that wore glasses, they looked at those individuals that were in a COVID-19 ward for some time, and what they found was that those people who had COVID versus those people who didn't have COVID, those people that had COVID were less likely by a significant amount to Mm -hmm. not wear glasses. In other words, it seems as though that wearing glasses actually may protect or a face mask may protect. And we do know that ACE2 is on the surface of the eyeball. It's on the conjunctiva and ACE2 is what the virus uses to get in. To attach. So there is some level of protection. So the, the things that we don't think about that could be protected, the barriers, actually do work. And the longer we're in this, the more data we'll find. That's exactly right. So the next study essentially was one that I thought was really interesting, but it really drives home what we already know. In Atlanta, they looked at 24 shelters, homeless shelters. And what they found was those individuals that were sheltered indoors that were homeless 
versus those that were sheltered outdoors. And what they found was a huge difference. Those that were sheltered indoors, those people who experienced homelessness were more likely to develop COVID than those people who shelter outdoors. So this really drives home the point, something we make all the time, that it's indoors (laughs) and it's poorly ventilated, indoor crowded spaces, especially if you're not wearing masks, Doc. Yeah, which really worries me for the upcoming season. Because as we take care of those that are less fortunate than ourselves, we want to bring them inside and we definitely don't want the cold air coming in. So we just need to brace ourselves and learn how to mask up. Absolutely. Down. Just real quickly, two very, very quick studies looking at airplanes, again, under viral transmission. These were two studies that came out last week that basically looked at transmission of virus before masks were worn. They were both published by the CDC. And so essentially what made these two studies unique was one showed airborne transmission and the other one was linked genetically. Both of them essentially show that prior to using masks, that airplanes and flights were likely a transmission. So it's the best of both worlds. you got an epidemiology study and you have a biology and genetic study. And folks, it's the same thing. So you better believe it. That's right. So lastly, let's talk about COVID-19 and misinformation vaccine updates. So a great study came out last week that essentially, and it was was published by major universities such as Harvard, Rutgers, Northwestern University, Northeastern University, just very, very, very well-known universities. And what it showed was that Generation Z, or what we refer to as Zoomers, are more, more likely to believe in COVID misinformation. And they overwhelmingly more than any other age group had misbeliefs or disbeliefs associated with COVID. Yeah. Are we really surprised there though? That age group doesn't believe us anyway about anything. Right. <laughs> it's raining. No, it's not. <laughs> so there you go. So we really need to be very, very careful. And we need to also recognize that managing misinformation is as important as managing the, the pandemic. It can be really dangerous because in, data and information are what govern policy. Lastly, I just want to talk about the vaccine update of last week, which is also showed that this Johnson & Johnson vaccine is very important. It's in phase three. They are looking to enroll more participants than any of the other vaccines. So they're looking to do 60,000 participants. But there's two very clear things that I want you guys to be aware of. One is that it's a one-dose vaccine, at least that's what they're testing now, Mm -hmm. as opposed to two doses. And then the other thing is that it does not require sub-zero refrigeration. Which is big. Which is right, which is really big, that it only requires just a standard fridge that does not require these minus 70 degrees that some of these other vaccines are doing. So some good news there. Yeah, we don't want to forget the scale of things, folks. The the simple things that might cost an extra 100 bucks here or there for a sub-zero refrigerator is a resource that has to be replicated all over the world when we're thinking about this. So yeah, the little things matter. Not only that, but also it, it would be a lot easier to do 7.8 billion doses than uh, uh, what, 7.8, so that's 15. Always uh, so, that's, yeah, it's 15.6. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. So anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with our regular show. Doc Riggs, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. 
Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.